Welcome to Bollywood is for Lovers, part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I'm Aaron Fraser. And I'm Matt Bose. In this episode, we're once again looking at three films starring Amitabh Bachchan, this time from 1973 to 1975. First up, Bachchan plays a factory owner who uses his best friend to get back at a union leader who has wronged him in Rishikesh Mukherjee's 1973 social drama Namak Haram. Then Bachchan becomes the target of a murderer in Narendra Bedi's 1974 thriller Benam. Finally, Bakshan falls in love with a beautiful but ailing girl in his apartment building in Rishikesh Mukherjee's 1975 Weepy Millie. Before we begin, we would like to respectfully acknowledge that we record this podcast on Treaty 6 territory, traditional lands of Métis and First Nations peoples. Uh, welcome back, lovers. We are once again talking about the Big B. Yeah, you've heard of this guy, right? <laughs> now, we did an episode uh, a while back. Uh, looking at three Amitabh Bachchan films from the mid to late 70s. 76 to 79, right? Yes, and we talked yeah. about um, M.R. Akbar Anthony, mm-hmm. uh, Don, mm-hmm. and uh, Cabby Cabby. Mm-hmm. And so we've decided to continue this and are going back and looking at three films from the three previous years. So People seem to like this, to uh, this. It's a series now. People seem to like it. It's <laughs> our second highest downloaded of all time. So Okay. Yeah. So you're hoping to, to recapture that uh, that lightning in a bottle? Yeah, after our Katrina Kef episode. <laughs> okay. She's number one. Okay, so uh, we hope to continue doing this. Obviously, we still need to go back and look at uh, 69 to 72. Those movies are proving pretty hard to find. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also move on into the uh, the 80s yeah. eventually. Um, but now we're looking at the, the 73 to 75 chunk. And... We will say that the films we decide to talk about are generally based on what's readily available. Yeah, that's why we're not doing Zanjir or Diwar, because we can't Mm -hmm. find them anywhere for free, well, for legal reasons. Um, And we could probably do a whole episode on Angry Young Man movies anyway. So uh, if we ever get a chance to get a hold of them, we might do a separate episode on them. Exactly. We'd still really like to see those movies. Um, But for the purposes of of this series, again, we're just going to... We're just going to grab what's available. Mm-hmm. Um, also, because we want we want these films to be available to you, the audience, too. So if we're watching something that's hard to get access to, that's not really, you know, in service of trying to promote um, film literacy. Yeah, we should start saying what service we watch them on, too. Yeah, we can. Um, so, oh, the, for these films, we actually use some interesting services that we haven't used that much before. Mm-hmm. Um, our library, the Edmonton Public Library, gives us access to uh, two film catalogs. Uh, one is Hoopla, and the other is Canopy. And so two of these films we were actually able to watch on Hoopla. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was um, Millie and Banam. And then Namak Haram was readily available on Arrow's Now. Yep. So, you know, services that we are already subscribed to, we already kind of pay our, our, our monthly fee. Uh, in the case of our the library, we pay our annual fee. Um, and so just, you know, readily available for us, waiting for us to stream them. So yeah. that's kind of how this episode came together. There was some trial and error, though, as we thought some films would have subtitles and they turned out not to have subtitles. Yeah, dear Eros now, if you have a film that does not have English subtitles... That's fine. Just don't say it does. Yes. <laughs> because then I get very frustrated and Aaron gets worried. <laughs> I get worried? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that's fair. Um, all right, Matt. The big, the big B. Yeah. Yeah. 
We are we are moving back even further into his. Uh, He's a that baby. Catalog. He's a baby. He face. is. He is a baby face. Yeah. Uh, these films, some of them came out kind of before he really broke big, mm-hmm. or kind of while he was breaking big. Well, uh, they would have been recorded probably around the same time. Oh, definitely. Uh, and recorded. With, they would have been filmed. <laughs> yeah. They would. Um, and with the case of our seventy-five feature Millie, that's kind of at the exact same time that uh, he mm-hmm. he finally you know became. Uh, the superstar name that that we know him as today. Yeah, because a lot of these, I would also say Namak Haram and Millie, he's secondary character. I don't think he's the main character of either of them. No, he's not the lead of Namak Haram. Uh, and early on in his career, he wasn't the lead of, of necessarily all the films that he was in. And he won the, the Filmfare Award for Best Supporting Actor for Nirmak Haram, and he had previously won it for another of Rishi Mukherjee's films, Anang, mm-hmm. uh, which is also considered to be kind of one of the movies um, that really launched his career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so as we're going backwards in this, we're seeing <laughs> things where he's not the main guy, but presumably as we go forward, we're going <laughs> to see, you know, Amitabh you know, star vehicles. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Though, I mean, he's still, I would say, in comparison to Cabby Cabby, which we watched in our previous episode, he's mm-hmm. still a lot more front and center in all of these movies than I think he was in Cabby Cabby. Yeah, yeah. He was, yeah, the stern, disproving father figure for the um, the youth relationship. Yeah. And I will say, we'd started watching um, Chupke Chupke, which mm-hmm. is another um, Ricky Cash Mukherjee film. Yeah, it's got Dharmendra as the main guy. And we just kind of decided that um, the way it was going, it was clear that Bakhtan wasn't the lead. Yeah. And, and not even, and not even like co-lead or anything. He wasn't, he didn't even show up for the first half an hour or so. Yeah. Although, so, I mean, it takes him a while to show up in... Uh, um, Millie. In Millie, too. Yeah. Uh, so we will eventually return to Chupke Chupke because that's uh, that's a pretty well known movie and it's readily available. It seemed fun. It, it was fun. We yeah. were we were enjoying it. We were having fun with it. Yeah, just didn't fit this particular episode. Yeah. All right, Matt. Why don't you uh, lead us into Namak Haram? Sure. So Namak Haram, which means traitor, mm-hmm. uh, directed by Rishikesh Mukherjee and stars Amitabh Bachchan, Rajesh Khanna, Simi Garwal, and Rekha. And, uh, yeah, so as you mentioned, uh, Bachchan won the Filmfare Award for Best Supporting Character for this film. Uh, he's an interesting character <laughs> in this movie. It is a social drama that, to my mind anyway, takes a really long time to get to the point of being a social drama. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Bachchan and uh, Rajesh Khanna are two bros who... I think have finished law school. They're they're lawyers. They're like articling, I guess. Mm-hmm. They're working for this guy they call a Baldy. They don't they don't like him, and uh, they both get kicked out of that. But anyway, uh, Bachan's dad falls ill, and he owns this kind of mill. Um, it's a textile factory. Textile factory, but there's like a lot of big machines and yeah. stuff too. But anyway, he has to leave town, and uh, Rajesh kind of without his without his bro is a little sad. Um, but yeah, Bachan moves to this place to take over the uh, operations of the factory. Uh, amusingly, he says that you know this guy's apparently finished law school or whatever. But he says, "But I'm too stupid. They'll they'll know within two days that I don't know what I'm doing." And his father's like, "Honestly, son, it'll take them a week probably." <laughs> but uh, he falls into the arch capitalist mode very very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been some accidents at this factory. Uh, at least two men have had their hands lopped off by some presumably hand lopping off machine. Uh, 
<laughs> stay away from that one. And the, the local labor leader is uh, kind of agitating against him. Mm-hmm. And like any rich kid who runs into a problem, um, he freaks out. He can't handle it. Doesn't like any opposition to him. And, you know, he's actually starting to like the um, the lifestyle of a rich factory owner who just drinks whiskey all the time. Yeah, there's a lot of drinking in this film. Basically, every time he goes back to his house, he's drinking whiskey. Uh, so he calls his buddy uh, Rajesh back from the, the other city and says, look, I need your help in screwing this labor leader over. He's He's got too much power over me and I can't handle it. Which is an interesting way to start what is ostensibly a movie about, you know, workers' rights, that kind of thing. But uh, uh, Rajesh Khanna agrees, and he goes undercover in this factory as uh, Chandair, who is this charismatic worker in the factory. And wouldn't you know it, Matt, he starts to sympathize with the workers. Eventually. (laughs) I would say the first two-thirds of this movie, he's completely on board. Like, yeah, we're going to screw this guy over. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I met a girl out in the slums, but, you know, whatever. Um, But it's not... And and more accidents continue to happen at the factory. It's not until Rajesh Khanna meets this uh, drunken poet in the slums (laughs) that he actually starts to feel for people of lower social standing than him, which is astounding. Yeah. Uh, like, it's the poet that changes his mind and not, like, the brutality of <laughs> the place that he works. Mm-hmm. But anyway, this poet dies. And at that point, uh, Rajesh kind of is like, ah, I must help these people. Yeah. Um, Rekha's a girl. They were getting their hands lopped off. Yeah. I would say myself, if there had been at least one or two hand lop off situations, <laughs> I'd be on their side. But whatever. Um he meets uh, Rekka, who's a girl living out in the uh, slums, too. Yeah. Um, and she's the sister of one of his friends at the factory. Yeah. And they have a nice kind of meet-cute at a holy celebration. And, yeah, the the stage is set for a battle between two best friends now mm-hmm. on opposite sides of a labor dispute. And Rajesh Khanna, we should say, does successfully take over the union. But once he becomes union leader, he has a bit more of a social conscience than maybe he did before. Yeah, I guess we should say that the movie begins with uh, Rajesh Khanna's character dead mm-hmm. and Amitabh Bapchan's uh, guy getting out of jail. Yeah. So, and his, his sister has been waiting around for him. So it's... It's not uh, Bakchan's sister, Rajesh Khan's yes. sister. Yeah, yeah he's sister. he's uh, who is somewhat Bakchan's love interest. Yeah, but like it's 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 interestingly framed to come up as a bit of a mystery. Like, oh, why does he go to jail? What's what's going on here? And why does Rajesh yeah. Khan's character die? But uh, yeah, I found it kind of a frustrating movie to watch because again, I would have been on the side of the workers a lot earlier. But yeah. and even a lot of other um, social realist uh, Indian films we've watched seemed to be on the workers' side a lot quicker. So it, it was a little bit unorthodox in that way. Yeah, so Ricky Jesh Mukherjee, we should talk about for a, a quick second here. He's a, he's a prominent director uh, in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. He started out as an assistant to Bimal Roy, so he was both an assistant director for Roy and uh, edited a lot of Roy's films mm-hmm. uh, and then went on to make his own films. And he's known for social movies about the middle class. So he particularly about the kind of the changing ethos and the changing um, 
attitudes in the middle class. And so you can kind of see that here with Namakaram about how it's about, you know, again, like, oh, like the, the, the plight of, of laborers. Well, it's interesting because Bachan's father, who's getting better after his illness, mm-hmm. says, you know, you could, trust a, you could trust a rich person, you could trust a poor person, but the goddamn middle class, yeah. <laughs> you know, they will turn around and bite you on the ass. And Rajesh Khanna's character is uh, middle class, mm-hmm. which, again, is a very interesting... Um, political framework to notice in a uh, Bollywood film. Yeah. And um, the, I, ha- I don't think I'd ever really heard it articulated that way yeah. in another movie. Yeah. And the other film that we're going to be discussing of his um, later on in the show, Millie, is very much also about the middle class. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's credited with giving Amitabh Bachchan his big break, as I mentioned earlier, with Anand. And he also launched the career of uh, Jaya Battery with his film, Goody. Mm-hmm. Uh, in which she plays a teenage girl who's obsessed with Rajesh Khanna. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So he's so. got a few themes he's working on. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Um, and he also directed uh, Chupke Chupke, which is the film that uh, we jettisoned from this episode. Yeah. So this almost became like a full-on Ricky Cash Mukherjee episode um, by sheer coincidence. <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, Rishikesh uh, Mukherjee and Bachchan had a good working relationship. They of were course, in a lot yeah. of movies together. Yeah, they did a lot. So that's uh, that's nice to hear, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Use the term social realism. I I wouldn't put this in that camp. Um, it's again, it's 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 a blending those uh, those social themes with with the Bollywood stuff, which is interesting because we usually think of those things as running parallel to one another. Yeah. Um, but but they don't. You know, the the conventional wisdom of our film textbooks really, in practice, aren't always correct. <laughs> Nor wise. <laughs> yeah. 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 This was an interesting movie. Um, yeah. I can't say I loved it, but. Um, Bachchan, as always, is great. Um, mm-hmm. He kind of he's kind of a scenery churner in this one because he's kind of the dissolute rich guy who is plotting to take down a labor leader, which is not a, typically a heroic uh, sort of look for him. Mm-hmm. And he also gets to play kind of an elder or statesman type too when he gets out of jail, mm-hmm. which is sort of like in Kabi uh, Kabi where he's playing the older yeah. uh, dad too. So it's interesting that so early in his career he's already being pitched <laughs> as an old man. Yeah, I can appreciate what this film is doing. And this is, these are obviously issues that are important to me. I think it's pretty clear, anyone who listens to this podcast, where I fall on the political spectrum. And I am very pro-union. And so films about the proletariat and, and, and about labor issues uh, are near and dear to my heart. Yeah, I bet Mehboob Khan probably didn't like this movie. No. <laughs> <laughs> um so I can see what it's doing, but if you—I don't think he was still alive. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you know, I can, I can see what it's doing, and overall, I can appreciate the message. I just don't know if the execution is there. But you know, if you want to make a film that um, appeals to the middle class, it makes sense to to put the middle class at the center of it. It's possibly a little do... bit too realistic, actually. That yeah. um, you know. This guy who's best buddies with a rich guy mm-hmm. and doesn't really know any poor people. Mm-hmm. It takes him a while to understand because he intellectually he probably knows that he should probably be on their side. But it's not until he's um, confronted with it. The, the thing that annoys me is that it's a poet that um, <laughs> is what changes his mind rather than the other people he works with. Because the poet doesn't work there, right? I'm surprised, Matt. You, more than anyone else I know, spends a lot of time with poets are you saying you don't find them moving? 
You don't think uh, you're a changed man? I can't say that any poet I have ever met has changed my mind sufficiently to turn against my best friend. Fair enough. Regardless of their death or not. <laughs> Fair enough. I do spend a lot of time with poets. That's true. Um, I mean, they're fine. It's um, it's more the sort of um, stereotypical, it's art that changes yes. this guy's mind rather than actual reality. I think that's what annoys me more. Yeah, I agree. And, and also that you have, again, that um, persistent motif of the starving, <laughs> in this case, quite quite literally, uh, artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, where, where you just would think like, and obviously like his mind is starting to get changed before this, you know, especially with his um, relationship with uh, with Rekha and her and her brother mm-hmm. and also seeing the, the, the devastation in the factory. And before this, he has kind of advocated for some of the the widows or the wives of, of men who have been hurt that they receive compensation so yeah. that they continue well, he to got, he got this, have uh, a quality of life. He got this Muslim guy $5,000. Mm-hmm. Um, did he die or was he just injured? I think he died. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and his, and uh, this guy's family is really really appreciative, and he's like, maybe I should help people. And interestingly, there's a there's a moment in the film when Bakhtan's father, I think it's Bakhtan's father, says to him that what they need to do is is pit the Muslims and Hindus against each other. Yeah, and and have tension in the factory as opposed to having that tension being between the the unionized. And United Workers and yeah. them who who own the factory. I mean, that's what the British did when they were charged. Of I think he even mentions that. Like, that was the old British way of doing it, was to just pit um, various interests against each other rather than the big problem. Mm-hmm. So, Which, I mean... Maybe this is supposed to be more of like a uh, allegory about that, possibly. And, and, and pitting laborers against other laborers so that they they fight amongst themselves and so that you don't have to deal with, <laughs> with the real move. problems is it is a classic move and and yeah. I like that you know Bakhtan is shocked when that's presented to him yeah because he's he's an intelligent guy and he's yeah. just like but racism is bad <laughs> why would we do that mm-hmm. so you know I, I I appreciate what's going on in this film. maybe not racism sorry it would be more um, religious tension is bad <laughs> yeah yeah so I appreciate what's going on in this film and, you know, it's overall themes and messages are ones that and it did pretty well too, resonate right? with me. Yeah. Uh, I think so. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it, you know, one. None of these were flops. Bakshan right? won a film award. Oh no, none of them are flops, but, yeah. um, I wouldn't say any of them have had the, uh, longevity or the staying power as, you know, our Dwars and our Zangiers and our yeah. Amarak Bar Anthony's, et cetera. Yeah. yeah. But I, I, I did like it. Yeah, I thought, you know, it, it would be an interesting one to have in a list of, um, like, worker films. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Put it with Bread and Roses. That's Ken Loach, a, yeah. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. And there are a lot of films on this topic in, in India. Well, people, it's an, it was, a, at that point, a very quickly industrializing nation. Mm-hmm. A lot of people would just recognize their job. Yeah, and the... And the issues that this this film is talking about in the textile industry um, were very were very real at the time, uh, and so I, I imagine in 1973 people would have recognized this as an issue that was taking place. Yeah. Um, and I'd be interested. It's like us to, watching Fruitvale Station today. Yeah, yeah. 
I'd be interested to watch more more films on on these topics again because it's something that that really interests me uh, and it's a it's a it's a theme in filmmaking that I that I do gravitate towards. So uh, we're just going to go to interval now before talking about the next two films. So uh, what song do we have coming up? We're going to be playing a song from Banam. This is Ah Rat Jati Hai Chupke Say. In all three films we discussed this week, Amitabh Bachchan plays a wealthy man who eventually grows to care about the people around him. You know who else cares? ATB Cares. ATB Cares is perhaps one of the coolest ideas ever. You can donate to your favorite charity on atbcares.com, and ATB will cover the fees, plus add 15% to your donation. In 2017, over $4 million was donated to charity through ATB Cares. For more information on ATB Cares, check out atbcares.com. As I mentioned during our discussion on Namak Haram, I am interested in stories about labor. What we do for work and at work takes up a large part of our lives and is integral to our existence. While I don't think that anyone in Namak Haram would say that they have their dream job, these days, many have found themselves in that place. That's just the topic of the Work Not Work podcast. In every episode, host Terence C. Gannon interviews people who have turned their passion into their profession. You can hear interviews with people like Gary Burns, director of some of my favorite films like Kitchen Party, Way Downtown, and Radiant City. You can find Work Not Work at the.worknotwork.show. To find out more about the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB, and the member podcast, go to albertapodcastnetwork.com. So that was Arat Jati Hai Chukise from Benam, which I'm going to say is my favorite of these three movies. Mine too. Yeah. Namakaram was okay. I will um, say, you know, again, we did kind of, you know, pick these films a bit scattershot, and I am impressed that we have kind of three very different modes for Bakchan. Yeah. And very different kind of genres. Yeah. I mean, he's kind of on, he's he's kind of a jerk off in each of these in a different way. He is. And he's isn't also he? a rich guy. He's also a rich guy in all of them, too. Yeah. Um, but this one definitely, I think, had the biggest budget of all these films mm-hmm. um millie is definitely very very cheaply made um, it certainly seems that way <laughs> but Benam, like you've got some interesting outdoor scenes you've got some big crowd scenes and uh like a concert that gets happen that gets played and uh i think the music in this one is really cool mm-hmm. i really like the music in this one um it has that kind of um funky edge you know, it, it brought me back to Dawn in parts of this film. Not yeah. completely, but, you know, kind of has some funky opening titles. Well, I for sure thought that they reused a few of the shots for Dawn. Yeah, just there's in a the, chase just the car sequence. chase, yeah. 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 And and it does kind of culminate in a in a fist fight that's very Dawn-esque. But, yeah. but why don't... Oh, why don't I? Why don't I tell the, the story of this film? Why don't you? Betty? It's directed by Narendra Betty, and it stars Amitabh Bachchan, of course, uh, Mushumi Chatterjee, 
Satyan Kapu and Helen. She appears in an item number. Always nice to see Helen. Yeah, she she looks great. She looks she's sassy. That's she's, her job. <laughs> she's oh god. She she's wearing this um this red number with this really high slit, and she just kind of sashays into the film, and you know announces. I'm here now and pissing off Ramitan Bachchan's wife <laughs> <Yeah>. to <laughs> no end. <laughs> you're all gonna look at me and enjoy, you know, what I have to offer. And um, her her item number is uh, is the song sample that we played, uh, Rat Jati Hai Chupkese. So Amitan Bachchan and his and his wife one night are going out to uh, a cocktail party. They're pretty well off. Yeah, they're pretty well off. He's like a Pretty high executive at some sort of uh, pharmaceutical company. Something like that. Yeah. Um, his wife isn't really keen to go to this party, but... Well, that is the weird thing, is that the movie starts with him calling her, <laughs> using a knife to dial the phone and saying, we're going to we're going to a party and you better like it. And she's like, no, I don't want to. And she's like, you're going to the party. And we think that he's like a murderer or something. It was... It was creepy, and it does kind of open like a horror movie, and then kind it of... It seems like a giallo film at the beginning. Yeah, and then kind of settles into a bit of a domestic drama, and then, you know, an on the way to movie. the party... Yeah, eventually an action movie. On the way to the party, they see an attempted murder. There is a, a, a scuffle in the street, and someone is trying to kill a news reporter. You find out that he's a news reporter, yeah. Yeah. Bang Chan swoops in there, helps the guy out, gets him to the hospital. Gets the gets the third degree from uh, the cop at the hospital too. Just like, so why are you bringing your uh, knifing victim here? Like, I didn't knife this guy. Why would I bring him here? Like, that's exactly what I thought you'd say. Yeah. Um, but this does not stop Bang Chan and his wife from making. Yeah, they go to the party, party after. I mean, they get to the party anyways, and then he's they're got a little like, late, but then he's got a good story. He's got a good story to tell, and uh, they drink. A bunch of whiskey. There's a lot of drinking in actually all three of these films. Yeah, uh, and we we never we never pulled out the whiskey while we were watching them. We didn't know. We didn't know. <laughs> we could have gone. Know. We could have gone drink for drink with the big B. In hindsight, so um, after all this, everything kind of you know seems to settle back into normal, but it doesn't. Backchan starts receiving threatening phone calls, yeah. um, presumably from the man who is upset that he has, you know, gotten in his way of trying to take out this news reporter. Yeah, he wants, now, he wants a clue that the guy had on him, too, in the car, and yeah. Bachchan might have thrown it away, so he's looking around. Yeah. And so Bakchan and his family now become the target, mm-hmm. and Bakchan has to work with the police to try and figure out who this guy is, but eventually this man kidnaps Bakchan's son... And he's kind of blackmailed and forced to to work with this guy. And this all culminates in an exciting chase and fight where Bakchan and the uh, police officer that he's working with, um, Satyan Kapu, uh, take take down this uh, this mysterious um, malevolent figure. Yeah, this bad guy didn't know that Amitabh Bakchan has a specific set of skills. <laughs> <laughs> he can use them to find his lost family members who have been taken. He's got a good. He's got a good dishoom, a good punch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is fun. I I thought it kind of dragged in the middle, but overall, I thought you know, like this is a fun, tight thriller. They killed his friggin' dog. Yeah, that was that was sad. I don't like movies for dogs. That dog though, Johnny. <laughs> that dog is like. He's Nowhere a near dog. a toughie. No, no, but he's a pretty smart dog. He knows how to answer the phone when something <laughs> bad is happening, and he can get people's bags. He was yeah. great. But he could have got the palm dog that year, I he, bet. He was kind of a mean dog. I don't know. He was just mean to that next door lady who just wanted to gossip all the time. Yeah. I'm with the dog on this one. 
Yeah, I don't know. He was not. He was not quite a toughie. That is not me saying though that I, I wanted mean, the dog. I mean, toughie is touched by the gods <laughs> themselves. So, I mean, he's he's a divinely ordained super dog. Yeah. By no means did I want Johnny to to perish to to be poisoned. Uh, by no means, but. I did kind of think, like, you know, they're really not selling this dog as well as they could. I didn't care for the dog as much as I... Oh, I like the dog. He was was smart. He could use the phone. (laughs) That was amazing. I thought he was kind of noisy and mean. Well, I mean, he's a dog. Um, To be fair, Tuffy is oddly quiet. (laughs) Yeah. So much so that, you know, I don't think they were recording what he was saying. (laughs) I'm pretty sure Tuffy was barking a lot of the time and they, they didn't... Don't feel the need to let us know. Fair enough. Just like that baby. That baby was definitely crying. Fair enough. Um, so this was fun. Yeah, 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 it was good. It was tight. Um, you know, if you like something like Kahani these days, it would be you know a seventies version of that sort of twisty fun mystery. It's got kind of like that Hitchcockian paranoia. I would say in the narrative, not necessarily in the um, filmmaking or aesthetics. Yeah, there's some cool music cues, and uh, everything is very 70s, funky, mm-hmm. disco-y a little. It's getting to disco, but I, I think disco's going to hit us right like a ton of bricks in the 80s. And there's some fun editing um, mm-hmm. of just kind of um, really almost... I said borderline Eisensteinian for And I said, I scenes. think you're drunk. <laughs> you said you thought I was drunk. But again, like it opens with like... You know, images of this phone being dialed with a knife. And it just kind of like, there's some very impressionistic editing that I, but then eventually kind of as the film settles into kind of its more domestic elements, that goes away and it just becomes very kind of um, routine. And then in, yeah. And then in, in the third act, it really picks up kind of this seventies action movie aesthetic with this really fun and engaging chase sequence. So yeah, this ending car chase, um, where the bad guy is essentially taking over a train and he's got, uh, Bachan's kid hostage and mm-hmm. Bachan and the cops are chasing him in cars. You know, I think that might be somewhat to influence by the French connection, mm. which came out in 1971. Well, I think, I think all car chases kind of post-1971 are somewhat influenced by the French Connection. Like, yeah. they'd have to be. Yeah. So it was pretty It was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. I, I'd, I'd recommend this. It was... I'd gladly watch it again. Yeah. Yeah, it was good stuff. I enjoyed it. And what did, we should talk about what we thought of Bach John's performance, since this is an episode on Amitabha John. Well, it's funny, because he, he is portrayed as a guy who is... Um, Kind of a jerk off to his mm-hmm. wife. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and when he goes and like dances with Helen, and she's all in a huff, I'm kind of like, she's got a, she's got she's a got point. A point. <laughs> yeah, she brings some valid points to the table here. You're kind of acting like a dick. Um, he we all really, know Helen is. Oh no, I'm not going to say it. He's really <laughs> huffy with the cops. Um, doesn't trust them. Doesn't really work well as a team player. Mm-hmm. But it's it's fun that this sort of character, who would be the villain of another movie, and basically is the villain of Namak Haram, mm-hmm. um, a richer guy too. Uh, he eventually has to even you know help out with people and like become a better guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, the part of the movie that I thought was a little bit um, underbaked was um, there's this. Uh, this guy that uh, breaks into his house and tries to uh, steal something, mm. and 
once Bachchan realizes, like, oh, he's really poor, his daughter needs getting married. Um, you know, oh, right. You know, it, it, this family's in bad shape. It seems a little bit weird for this character that Bachchan's playing to kind of, you know, say, oh, well, I'll, I can pay your bail. I'll help you. It, it seemed a little bit out of character. But... You know, I guess it's character growth. Who knows? But it is a little weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although it's very nice. I mean, the, the guy's starting to become a better guy. Yeah. But it just felt a bit out of character for this to happen so quickly. When this guy broke into his house and menaced his wife. Mm-hmm. And no, he didn't menace his wife. He menaced um, one of the neighbors. I think the neighbor we don't like. Yeah, the, the gossipy one. Yeah. So, like, this guy has legitimately done a pretty bad thing. And even then, you know, he forgives him quicker. But it shows, you know, that he's he's capable of, of sympathy and empathy. Yeah. You know, he understands that this guy was being blackmailed just like he is in the process of being blackmailed. Yeah. So, so it's... Or, I think or the little- guy... Sorry, I don't think the guy was blackmailed. He understands that this guy was in a desperate situation. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it was maybe a little bit too quick to get that. Right. Like, had that happened earlier and then he's checking in with this guy over the course of the movie and gradually, you know, becoming mm-hmm. more and more aware of his own situation too. I think that could have been handled a little bit better. But I think we see how the, the Bactron persona um, on screen, you know, and then we, we have talked about this before. We'll continue to talk about it. Like there's, there's a rough edge to him. Mm-hmm. You know, there there is something... He's a little dangerous. But he's yeah, also... Yeah, there's something dangerous and there's something unpleasant to him when he's always on screen. And that's... And he's drunk all the time, too. He has to do his famous <laughs> drunk acting. And that's a big part, obviously, of, you know, the angry young man persona. But I think but this is... A, I don't know if this is so much angry young man as it is well, angry, angry, like, middle class to higher class man who is also seen as a patriarch even at this young age. Well, yeah, and that's what I was going to say is, you know, while these while these films are coming out, his Angry Young Man films are also coming out, but I don't think we... But but I wouldn't call these films part of his Angry Young Man canon. So no, he's not raging against the machine. He's just raging against <laughs> personal slights that are done to him. <laughs> yeah, he's even kind of a part of the machine to a yeah. certain extent in these films. Uh, but you still have that kind of... That that danger and that unpleasantness. He still has that edge. Like he is not. Um, he's not lovey lovey all the time. Yeah, exactly. He not is, like like a Rishi Kapoor type. You always think, yeah, he's <laughs> he's a good guy. Yeah, he's he's not. He's not always kind of an admirable man that you look up to. There, there there's so, there's something always under the surface, and that to me clearly again speaks to his. Um, likability, his his persona, and what kind of you know what he brings to the screen that makes him so inherently watchable. Yeah. Well, speaking of a guy with some rough edges, there's mm-hmm. uh, Millie, which is the third movie we watched from mm-hmm. uh, 1975, and this features Amitabh Bachchan and his soon-to-be wife, or they had just been married at this point. Uh, oh, I'm not sure at what point this film would have been made. Um, in regards to their relationship. They're definitely a couple, though. Yeah. The, well, yeah. And this is not the first one they made taken there. Yeah. But uh, that would be uh, Jaya Battery slash Bakchan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this film is directed by... She's, they must not be married yet because she is... She's um, under her maiden name. Jaya yeah. 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 But, Jaya, yeah. Yeah. Um, but this film is directed by Rishikesh Mukherjee, stars Amitabh Bachchan, Jaya Battery, and Ashok Kumar, who I think is top build. Yeah. Which is... Interesting, considering he, his amount of screen time, but mm-hmm. he's you know an 
elder. These are the two uh, newcomers. He's, yeah, he's got it. He's the elder actor, and he's kind of coming from that old school. Yeah. So this movie takes place in an apartment building almost entirely. Yeah. There's some scenes on top of the apartment building and some scenes just outside, but for the most part, this is like a stage-bound production, mm-hmm. maybe two or three sets. Yeah. Um, so kind of done on the cheap, but it seems like it did really well. Jaya Badhuri was nominated for uh, Best Actress for the Filmfare Awards. She didn't win. Yeah. It's, you know... Um, it's what you, it's what you could sure. call... It's what you could call a weepy, though. Yeah. Oh, it's 100% a weepy. And it falls in line with a, with a, with a film trend... Uh, that I absolutely hate. <laughs> I mean, you really like uh, John Green movies, and uh, we, they are definitely in the same camp. We can get into the difference between this and The Fault in Our Stars. We we will get to that, but first, first set up the film for us. Okay, so <laughs> Jaya Battery plays Millie, the titular character. Uh, I especially appreciated that the font that they used for this uh, opening titles looked like the movie was about Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a really weird font choice that they use, kind of like a gothic, um, not quite fracture, but mm-hmm. if I was to say the word Dracula, you might think of this font. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can check it out. It's <laughs> It looks very horror movie. Mm-hmm. But uh, she is a young woman who is beloved by everyone in her apartment building. Yes. Uh, she's everyone's best friend. Everyone is always wondering what she's up to. When there's um, a party, she invites uh, way too many people. Yeah. Her, her mom can't keep up and make food for all these people and her dad has to uh, call in a, a restaurant, restaurant yeah. to, to cater this like yeah. Wednesday night get together. Yeah, and I should say Ashok Kumar plays her dad. Yeah. And they have a very close relationship too. She's well loved by everybody. Um, but the fact that uh, she um, is very well loved in her building has to do with the fact that she doesn't really leave her building too much. She doesn't no. have a job. She uh, is very, very ill. She has something called uh, pernicious anemia, which is a vitamin B12 deficiency. Mm-hmm. And at this point in time, was considered a death sentence. Yeah, at this point in time, there was no cure. Mm-hmm. So and I'm, I'm not sure if there is a cure now, but it might be more manageable now. I, I have a hard time believing that um, a vitamin B12 deficiency would be like a terminal illness these days. But I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, this essentially means that uh, she gets extremely tired, has to stay in her bed sometimes, yeah. and over the course needs of the movie... Needs a lot of blood transfusions. Yeah, well, she's anemic, so yeah. that, that checks out. Uh, but over the course of the film, her health deteriorates mm-hmm. quite a bit. Um, upstairs, in the uh, apartment recently vacated by a different person... Yeah, in the penthouse. The penthouse, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, Amitabh Bachchan's character moves in, and he also has a bit of a tragic backstory. Yeah. He's, again, a rich guy uh, who is well-known in town for his industrialist father shooting his mother and going to jail. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he comes in with kind of a cloud over his head. And he doesn't really help things by getting drunk all the time, uh, kind well, of yelling at children. And his father supposedly murdered his mother because she was having an affair. Yeah. yeah. He comes in under a cloud of suspicion. And, it reminded yeah. me of the um, the situation in um, Rustum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he's just kind of generally pissed off at the world. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he doesn't really want to hang out with anybody. But he's got a manservant who's always bringing him beer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I wish we had a manservant that always brought us beer. Or, well, I don't know if I'd want a physical human being just because, you know, my you social conscience. pay him. My social conscience feels bad about that. I, I mean, it like, would be his job. He, he would get paid to just bring Just wait. I would like a butler tron. Oh, you want to roll. You're taking away jobs from perfectly good human be- servants? 
I don't know if that's good or not. No, I just, <laughs> I, I would like a butler tron with a very nice sweater vest. Uh, um, it has now become customary that every episode of this podcast, we, Mr. Make, clone B. High, we make clone high references. <gasps> yeah, yeah. Mr. B, the other big B. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, circumstances force these two together as the penthouse actually looks out onto the roof. Yeah. And uh, the children are always uh, up there. They do dance their routines. Dance, yeah. They're dancing with, uh, with Millie. Yeah. They have kind of like routines that they do. They have a fun time. And he eventually kind of warms to this. Uh, kind of one of the creepiest scenes of the movie. He hides, oh me behind, he hides behind his curtain and drinks beer while watching the children play. Oh, my God. Which is admittedly not a great look, uh, Amitabh. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's, it's like you just kind of see his eyes and his, like, his, and his, beer. And his beer mug <laughs> near his lips. And the curtain is like um, covering up the rest of his face. And he's just like, hmm, they're practicing their dance routines. Yes. And all the girls are dressed in like little white poofy dresses with like pastel colored Yeah, you, w- you wouldn't get away with that for your main romantic hero these days. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> it is definitely a look. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, his, his one thing that he likes to do is look at his telescope. Yes. He, that's probably one of the reasons why he wanted the penthouse suite, so he can look out at the stars. Yeah. But uh, circumstances intervene, and him and Millie meet up and uh, fall in love, and then she dies. The end. <laughs> she doesn't die. She doesn't die. She becomes terminal. But then they they get married and fly off to Switzerland in right, search yeah. of a cure. It's, um, <laughs> it's highly Im- implicated that she will die. Th- maybe there's a cure in Switzerland, Matt. Okay. Also, spoilers. It's not a spoiler. It's the first thing we see in the movie. We see her father kind of wistfully yeah, watching true. this airplane leave. That's true. There's another one with a, you know, kind of circular narrative. Yeah. Perhaps that is uh, one of Mukherjee's signatures we will discover when we watch more also, Mukherjee films. We already said it's a weepy. That's, That's true. generally what happens in a weepy. Okay, but she doesn't die. She doesn't <laughs> die on there. screen, but she is extremely in ill health. Yeah. Okay, so... I, I think this is a skippable movie. Me too. But <laughs> Me I don't. Too. I don't. I don't uh, begrudge us for having watched. It. I thought it was. It was interesting. It's and to see him in kind of a more romantic hero mode is interesting. Yeah. I don't begrudge us having watched it either too because I think it is uh, kind of um, somewhat serendipitous, I guess, that we're watching this film at the exact same time that Baron Donwan's uh, October is being released in uh, mm-hmm. theaters. Um, which, again, is also about kind of like a bit of a, a jerk mooning over a sick girl. Mm-hmm. And I just... That one has kind of a big sick feel, too, too, doesn't it? Like she's in a coma? She is, yeah. 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 Um, spoiler alert for anyone who is interested in my hot take on October. Did not care for it. Mm. Um, and I, I don't hate Millie... But again, like this, this kind of recurring motif of beautifully tragic sick girl. Me and Earl and the gut dying girl. Um, well, that again, I also think underdoes some of the the conventional stuff about this genre, mm-hmm. um, which I think very much is kind of like a genre. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so when you think of films like a uh, love story or um, not the Indian love story, not the Indian love story, the American one. Yeah, I'm talking about the Arthur Hiller um, or uh, a walk to remember stuff like this. Sweet and, November. Yeah, um, these films are always about kind of um, a man with or a boy, you know, a teenager. Um, with uh, with a chip on his shoulder, you know, with jerk of, tendencies. Yeah, jerk tendencies being um, 
tamed and kind of discovering the the beauty of life yeah. through his relationship with a pure but tragic girl or woman. Yeah. And and I, I, I hate this trend. I really, really hate this trend because it's all about the way in which um, the man changes okay. um, and how his life is made, um, is improved and he finds meaning in life and he kind of gets over his, his trauma or his issues or whatever because he's been touched by this, um, you know, again, pure and, and beautiful Person. Virginal in that she's never had a life to uh, yeah, really have. Who who um who is forced to embrace life because um she's here so shortly. Okay, so she, because since, her, since her the fault in our stars tweeting. swaps uh, the genders around, is that why you like it? No, the, the fault in our stars. Um, they're is, both ill. Is different because yes, because they are they are both ill, um, and it's also because like she. She is the voice of that film. It's a race to the finish to see who dies. <laughs> but, but she... And book. She is the voice of that film and book because that film tackles the way in which... And obviously, we're not dealing with cancer here. Um, and examples of these films are not always cancer, but they are often cancer. But that... Cancer that, has a recurring role. It does have a recurring role. Um, that narrative confronts um, the typical... Um, kind of cancer love story. But then it baits and switches in that, you know, spoiler for The Fault in Our Stars, the uh, girl character is the one who lives, but for most of the movie, we think that she's going to be the one who dies. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but she, she ends who- up being the hero who lives through the trauma of having her loved one die. Yeah. Just like, just like uh, you know, Bachchan, presumably, or, you know, um, Richard Gere and whatever. But she also col- calls out, like, or John Green calls out, the the problem with these cancer narratives mm-hmm. and and how um, the the dying girl um, to use to reinvoke me and her own the dying girl which again I think is a different kind of thing um, to to invoke how the dying girl acts as a symbol for the living mm. um, this this the the faults in our stars is not um, a book for those that that. That live. It's not about those that get to live. It's about those that have to die, hmm. um, and that's what makes a difference. Whereas this film is about you know Millie kind of being that f- to come back to what we're actually supposed to be talking about. This film is about Millie being that kind of, for lack of a better term, manic pixie dream girl for Amitabh yeah. Bachchan. This she is, doesn't really have much of a character. Yeah, she's just well, super nice and everyone likes her. Exactly. Well, she might have you know a bit more screen time than Amitabh Bachchan, and the movie might be named after her. She is not the central figure of this film. He's kind of a Mr. Rochester type. Um, you know, he's crusty on the outside, likes to get drunk, but he's... He's just wounded. And this is very much, I think, like a subset of the Manic Pixie Dream Girl, where it's the Manic Pixie Cancer Girl. The Manic Pixie Dead Girl? <laughs> yeah, you know, and I just... And I know I know a lot of people really, you know, like these narratives. You know, like, weepies uh, are popular for a reason. They Popular in every decade. Yeah, and they, they, they are... New things happen. ...consistent, but... I, I've always had a bit of a problem with them. And to be fair, I'm not the most emotional um, film watcher. You? No. <laughs> I I don't really value things that kind of manipulate me to crying. I, I just kind of 
resent them. Mm-hmm. This <laughs> um, is no grave of the might... fireflies. Oh my god. <laughs> Why would you invoke that? Well, I was just thinking, you know, that's that's a movie that'll make you cry. <laughs> that's a movie that'll make you cry. But there is yeah, a just... greater tragedy in that one. And also the fact that it's literal children, I think, makes it worse. Whereas yeah. Millie at least is a, a teenager, I think. Yeah, man, we are really all over the place on our discussion of this film. And I think we're really um, diverting from the film itself. But, but ultimately, this kind of narrative is not my bag. That being said... It was done well. Like it's yeah, a, they it's did a, a fine job. Like on if it. if you like this sort of thing, um, and I I don't want to be critical of people who like this sort of thing. I'm seeing yeah. a lot of reviews for October coming out where people talk about how poetic it is, how beautiful it is. And I'm like, okay, I didn't get that out of it because yeah. again, I just have a fundamental like, you know, I have a fundamental issue. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Alan, this is where my hilarious joke, "The Fault in Our Stairwell," comes from. <laughs> yes. <laughs> for this movie. <laughs> Yes, because yeah. uh, there's like the stairs separating. She's upstairs. The she's downstairs. Yes, the yeah, salt in our stairwell. Yeah, yeah. So, but so this isn't for me. But if you know, if if you like these kinds of films, because they are obviously very popular, mm-hmm. um, this is a pretty decent like mid seventies version of it. Yeah, and who's to say that the genre was oversaturated in the seventies in India? We don't know. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, this one does a fine job of it. Yeah, and I can I can see why this would connect with audiences, mm-hmm. you know, and and I do. Yeah, they're definitely a Jody. Yeah, and I do want to believe that they find the cure in Switzerland. Um, yeah, maybe I, maybe there's a sequel. I don't know. I think it's interesting. <laughs> Millie too. She lived. <laughs> I think it's interesting that Switzerland recurs in the in the film, and just even though we don't go to Switzerland, but it's just like man, Bollywood. You can never get away from Switzerland. Yeah, um, that's why everyone goes there. Everyone has diseases, and you know you got to go there. And then also, oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> well, I think there's a lot of um, maybe he came back from Switzerland and said, "Hey guys, <laughs> you what's great Switzerland? Let's think, go there in every other movie." I think there's a lot of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like those places that you go in the mountains to like, they have like sanitariums sanitariums yeah I think there's yeah. probably a lot of sanitariums in Switzerland yeah um, the air is good and you exactly. can yeah, you can get over your tuberculosis whatever exactly so yeah. you know I think Switzerland kind of has that um, in air it has the patina of health <laughs> it has the patina of health sure yeah sure uh, yeah so you know I, I like to believe that you know they lived happily ever after uh, oh, there's a line I really wanted to point out in this film where someone mentions they went to see Bobby eight times. Um, and I just really like it when, when you when you hear those kinds of lines in films. It reminded me kind of how um, time is marked in Gangs of Wasseypur by the by the movies that were coming out. Yeah. Um, and so... You just like intertextuality. I do, I do. And I also just like, it, it kind of, it puts it in a time and a place for me, which is again, you know, like 1975. Of course, Bobby is really popular. A film that we still haven't seen and I'm still having difficulty tracking down. Yeah. We'd really, really like to see. As we know, it's a very big and important film. But it's just, you know, it's it's a nice throwaway that again, like, to me, adds to the um, the texture of, mm-hmm. of these people's lives. In, the in diegesis. Yeah, in this apartment building. Like, it just, it makes them seem... Um, real, you know, like... What do you think of Bachan in this movie? Um, oh, he's got so many deep Vs. <laughs> yes. His, I would say that the fashion in this movie is very floral and <laughs> yeah. patterned. Yeah. He's got a lot of, you know, kind of flowy shirts with patterns that would be considered obnoxious these days. Yeah. 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 Um, but, yeah, he does a fine job as the crusty guy who kind of gets out of his shell. Mm-hmm. 
But creepily drinking beer behind your curtain and watching kids on the balcony <laughs> is weird. Don't do that. <laughs> I, but Bachan, I mean, I think Bachan and Battery both give really good performances in this film. And that's part of what... Um, what kind of kept me engaged, and they they have they have real chemistry. But Babajan does a good job as the, as this kind of like struggling, misunderstood alcoholic mm-hmm. um, who finds a, a reason to live. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think you know you can see that transition in in his performance. Mm-hmm. And he does know, some good drunk acting too. Yeah, he does. And there's a, there's a great scene when he reads um, the letter that his mother left him. Um, that I guess he reads every day and he shares that with, uh, with Millie. And I think that's a really touching, moving scene. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So like, I just found overall found this thin and again, it's in a, it's in a mode, a, a narrative mode that I just continue to have issues with. And, and I will say there are, there are a couple of uh, recent Bollywood films that I think also have these issues. I just don't want to name them because I think they're kind of spoilers, but also at the same time, I feel like everyone has probably seen them by now, but... And I mentioned The Big Sick earlier, but it's not quite the same in that movie because in that... Um, well, you were comparing The Big Sick to October. I know, but like yeah. that I wouldn't consider a weepy because no. A, it happened in real <laughs> it's life. It's it, it happened in real life and B, um, you know, they weren't... They were at a weird point in their relationship when she got sick. Mm-hmm. So it's not him quite pining over his lost love. It's more just like, this is an awkward situation. Yeah. And he kind of makes more friends with the parents in that movie. And I think that's why that movie's so good. Yeah. It's not It's not exactly this sort of thing. It's also so funny. And the way that that movie deals with um, culture clash is yeah. really interesting. Uh, well, we've clearly diverged completely off topic. <laughs> That's what people listen to us for. I really? Think. They love the tangents. <laughs> they love the tangents. Hit us up in the comments if you love the tangents. Uh, and have you watched Clone High? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're going to keep bringing it up until you all watch Clone High. <laughs> so I think we're going to have to wrap this up, Matt. Um, we will eventually return to this, uh, topic again and probably move on into the eighties because I don't know if we're going to find those, uh, those 69 to, uh, to, to 72 films. Um, I don't know if we're going to find those uh, right away, but we are looking for them. Yeah, finding legal copies of these movies is proving to be more difficult than anticipated. Yeah, but as we move into the 80s, it becomes easier. Yeah, a lot. There's a ton of 80s stuff, so we'll we'll have a wealth of uh, choice. Yes, um, we will be back in two weeks uh, with an exciting episode. I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, we're going to be joined by uh, Paul Blinov and Fonda Mitrish of I Don't Get It, which is a, a podcast here in Edmonton uh, that started out about dance um, and is now about, it's still about dance, but it's also about performance. It's expanded into other forms they don't get. <laughs> exactly. Um, Paul and Fonda are are fantastic. They're, they're really, really smart people. They're really, really funny. And they're going to be on to talk about two big Bollywood films that deal with performers. And they are Tal and Delta Pago High. Um, Long ones. We're throwing them in the deep end. We are throwing them in the deep end. I'm really, really excited to see what they think of these movies. We got some Shah Rukh Khan in the house, though, so that's be good. That'd yeah, be good. and some Ashwarya Rai. Yeah. Uh, so that'll be up in two weeks. In yeah. the meantime, Matt, how can people keep up with the show? Well, you can find us on Twitter at BollywoodPod. Mm-hmm. You can find me there, too. I'm at Matt underscore B-O-W-E-S. I'm at Aaron E. Fraser, E-R-N-E-F-R-A-S-E-R. You can check us out on Facebook. Just type in uh, Bollywood is for Lovers. And uh, we're at Bollywood is for Lovers.tumblr.com. 
Uh, you can find the show on basically any sort of streaming platform you like. Uh, Audio Boom is our home, though. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, five stars would be great. Uh, and while you're there, please check out the other show that I do weekly with uh, Paul Matwichuk called Trash Art in the Movies. Uh, we're recording an episode tomorrow on uh, on dog, on dog movies, speaking of uh, Johnny and Tuffy. Yeah. Um, so we're going to be discussing Isle of Dogs and uh, A Boy and His Dog, the uh, the kind of weird 70s Harlan Ellison adaptation. <laughs> Two drastically different dog films. Yeah. But the dogs do talk in both of them. They do. And they have like... You know, like psychic relationships uh, yeah. with their with their owners or their friends. Their friends, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Anyways, you can also listen to selected episodes on G Radio. Yeah, uh, I think that's it, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, we'll see you in two weeks with another uh, thrilling adventure. <laughs> Thank you for listening. <laughs>